Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we got a rookie roundup. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Dom Samanji, grad assistant coach over at the Arkansas Razorbacks, also overseer of the analytics. Dom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Taylor. I uh, appreciate you having me on. i um, been, been a big fan of Basketball Index for a while, and I'm always looking forward to seeing uh, the stuff pop up on my timeline from from the the Twitter page, so I'm really, really excited to be here. Well, I appreciate that because it's me putting it on the Twitter page. So, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm so out. I came across you just randomly on Twitter in the you know, the, the you know would you like would you be interested in this section? You had a fantastic thread highlighting the prominent rookies this year. You had great data visualization. There was a ton of data on there. So. Two things. I want you to, one, give out your Twitter handle for people because you're a fantastic follow. And then two, and then we'll do that again at the end because I really want to make sure people are following you because this was a stellar thread. And then two, I want you to kind of talk about what the idea was when you put that together and kind of what you wanted to highlight with these rookies. Yeah, so I appreciate the shout out. It means a lot. Um, my Twitter handle, you can follow me, find me at D uh Samanji my last name S-A-M-A-N-G-Y um so yeah I mean the the rookie roundup um kind of what I titled it a stupid little pun but um <laughs> you know I, I think it's I think the biggest well like you said fitting all that data onto one dashboard is something that you know over time I've tried to get a bit better at it's really hard to especially with you know trying to keep um it light on the basketball content while fitting stats in there. Um, try to get as much data, but keep it as informational informational as possible um, can be a struggle. So I'm, I'm really excited to to have what I have right now in terms of that template. So um, I really appreciate the, the kind words on that. But um, I think the idea is just kind of the biggest thing, um, especially for rookies. And we kind of hinted at this earlier when we were talking a bit before was, you know, Lynn or uh, player development isn't linear for, for anybody in any sport. Um, some people adapt, um, quicker. Some people take a bit more to develop, whether it's just how they play 
um, what their fit in is with their team in terms of, you know, their role, but also just their role um, in terms of contributing. So is a guy getting picked by the Warriors that has to slide into a playoff contention team, or is he going to the Rockets where he's got a 20% usage rate right away? So um, that kind of just throws another piece into the puzzle where, you know, you're not going to play and perform at the same rate that other rookies might. So um, I think it's just overall the data and trying to visualize it in this way shows kind of a good, um, you know, game over game trend, or I guess 10 games over 10 game trend, just kind of showing where they were at the start, where they are now, and kind of whether it's been consistent, inconsistent, and, and kind of trying to paint that picture. So um, it's kind of <laughs> where I'm at now and making some slight adjustments as I get more feedback, which is always great. So, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because you you show the, all the different shooting percentages in 10-game samples, so you can kind of see the progression over the year or, you know, a slump, whatever it may be. And yep. then on top of that, you had – I don't know what the chart is called, but it showed a player's efficiency as mm -hmm. the season went on. And, like, there's, a like, zero in the middle, and then it shows you going either up or down as the season yep. goes. What is that – what type of chart is that called? Do you know? Yeah, so uh... – I kind of took some inspiration from that from NFL analytics, Twitter. Um, they kind of had, it's definitely not the same stats, but kind of the same um, type of data viz. Um, so I was just trying to think like, Hey, what can I do to show this guy based against everybody in his position? Um, how's he trending throughout the season? That isn't just raw numbers. It's more of like a visualized thing over a, you know, time series axis. Um, so basically what it shows, the, the, the y-axis scale is points over average. Um, so what the data does, it, it takes every player based on their individual um, shot diet, basically how many points would an average player score with their shot diet. Um, so it doesn't count for shot diet, and then it's league averages um, that is calculated throughout. So basically what it does is like, hey, if this guy keeps taking that – same um, shot diet where is he expected to be um, above and below average so um, when I was building it out um, significant names popped up like I was doing forwards and bigs and marketing was like scoring off the charts so I was like I'm definitely in the right area with what I want to show <laughs> and then I kind of kept working out the kinks and like I got the top left corners has efficiency ranks and then volume ranks so that's just another little I guess nugget that can kind of show like you know, are they really efficient on high volume, really efficient on low volume, which, you know, is really big for, for how rookies start out as well, too, which, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about some names, but, um, like, definitely Paulo's on not superstar usage yet, but he's pretty close for a rookie. So, um, like you said, just kind of trying to fit as much into one page as possible and um, really like where that specific plot is at right now. All right, yeah, so let's get into it. Let's talk about Ben Caro. He was obviously the number one pick. Uh, just a little bit uh, help for the people at home. He's uh, over in Orlando. So positions aren't always the most helpful thing. You talked about it having that huge load. So we have offensive and defensive roles over here at Basketball Index. So the offensive role he was in, which is an on-ball role, is shot creator, which is like essentially like a oftentimes a star player role number the main guy on your team is oftentimes a shot creator and then on defense he's been a helper so rotating from the corner a lot obviously he's a big body can come over 
can add some you know resistance at the rim what have you seen out of him in his rookie year and uh, what are the data points telling you yeah i mean i got a pretty good feel um so kind of i guess a little information but last year i i worked for syracuse men's basketball which is in the acc same conference as duke um, and we were, I don't know if I would say lucky enough to play them three times, but we did play them. Three <laughs> times. So, um, I kind of got a great look and feel for what his game was like then, um, you know, just got a, had a man's body at that point. Um, and I think the biggest thing that allows him to be so good is just his ability to change directions, not just laterally, but slow down, um, body faints up and down. And then he's just so quick off the floor for being six, six, nine, six, ten, two fifty. So um he really leverages in that that on on ball creation that you kind of talked about um you know whether it's getting to that mid-range pull-up um another unique thing for him is you know that in-between floater game that he has uh really allows him just to kind of you know guys you can't really once that guy has so many um tricks in his bag it's really hard to kind of guess as a defender what he's going to do so um if he's able to get that that shoulder bump into you it's really hard to to guard him and um i think as you see um just some trends i'm looking at i have his rookie roundup visit that i that i made um he hasn't been you know he's actually been consistently average efficient wise um there's really no like 10 game samples where he really shot it well from you know the rim three point or anything but i think while that's not maybe the most exciting thing, I think just the fact that he's taking 15 shots a game as a rookie in, in <laughs> 20, it's more of just like the, the volume takes so much more precedence here than the, than the efficiency. And um, it's just like a true, you know, indicator of potential superstar um, value. So um, getting to the line eight times a game, knocking it at 75%, you know, I think he's got, I mean, it's not groundbreaking news, but all the makings to be a true star. Um, and then if we do kind of look into the shot efficiency trend chart that we just talked about, he's in the 93rd percentile of volume. So I guess that's pretty much superstar usage and then fourth percentile of efficiency. So um, not not super enticing in terms of efficiency, but, you know, it's, he's a rookie. And at some point you kind of just have to, um what's the right word just kind of <laughs> take a step back and just watch him work at his craft because he's so special so yeah i think he's just that on ball guy at 610 is unbelievable yeah he is is gigantic so obviously like you 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 work in college basketball you saw him last year yeah. i'm a different person i gotta really focus on the nba so you know, I hear chatter, occasionally have guests on that, you know, really study the the college game, which is great. And I hear all these opinions and I'm always interested to see how, you know, what translate, what people said, what I heard, what I see in a player. And with Bancaro, just the the free throw rate as a rookie is yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think there was sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut no, you off. Go for it, go for it. There was a I can't remember where it was posted, but or even if it was a single outlet the other day, it was going around. It was like him and Mathurin were in the top 15, I think, in free throw rate in the NBA and out of everyone. And that's just absurd as, as a rookie. So um, not only is he taking that contact, but clearly finishing through it at, at times and seeking that contact, which is a huge, you know, barrier to break down as a rookie going from, I mean, he's 19 years old, I think, and 
seeking grown man contact is is special at at that age. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of possessions where he's just he's overwhelming his defenders, and they they yeah. there's nothing <laughs> they can do. They just have to foul him, which yeah. is uh <laughs> that I mean that's that's the stuff that makes superstars. Uh, I went through the BBI database, which goes back ten years, and uh-huh. I wanted to see how all these players compare to other rookies. So this is Bancaro versus all rookie seasons of the last decade. And 86th percentile and just overall offensive impact, our O-LeBron stat, which is very good. 94th percentile in our finishing talent, which takes into account how much you're getting to the rim, what your shot making is at the rim, and then what your shot quality. So he's had pretty low shot quality all year. Uh, been fantastic at the rim. The playmaking has been pretty good. But the one thing that stuck out to me was the 99th percentile in our one-on-one talent. Uh, on 98th percentile in ISOs per 75 possessions. So the the efficiency is very good in one-on-one for rookies, and the volume is just absolutely through the roof. Yeah. I mean, that's that's absurd. Just kind of thinking about that from, like, I don't, I'm not able during the season to catch as much of the NBA as I would like, but that just, you know, all the priors I saw in college and just what I can catch when I can, it just makes total sense. He's kind of like, I mean, it's not, you know, out of the realm to kind of hint back to like LeBron as a rookie or even LeBron, you know, throughout his career. Like he might not be the best shooter, but he can pretty much get to any spot at will um, when he wants, which, you know, can, um, you know, what's what's the word? Uh, it, it deflates the the value that he needs to be as a shooter. You know what I mean? If you can pretty much get to the rim at will and know that they're going to have to guard you on the ball just as you would be as a shooter. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the true makeup of a superstar and just wrecking ball, I guess, kind of like a Zion-esque type player. Yeah, one more thing I wanted to hit on. We talked about the efficiency not being where you want it to be, but obviously it's rookie. There, There's a lot yeah. on his shoulders. It's not the greatest team in the world, but we have overall shooting talent, which again takes into all those factors that you're shooting with like some difficulty built into it. He was 79th percentile among all rookies in our database, which is pretty darn good. And then yeah. if you look at a shot quality, it's 13th percentile. And I think that really tells the story where like it's really, really difficult looks on really high volume. And like, it's just, it's very difficult to be hyper efficient when that's going on. So uh, just all the indicators for Bancaro though are, are pointing up and he's a very exciting player. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. 
Uh, let's move on to Jalen Williams. Uh, OKC obviously having a good year. He's come on, is playing really well. Again, for offensive role, we have him as an athletic finisher which is an off-ball role, just meaning he's he's off-ball, but he's not shooting a lot of threes. Uh, there's mm-hmm. more cutting going to the basket. And then on defense, we also have him in the helper role, uh, rotating over. What are you seeing out of Jalen Williams in his rookie season? Yeah, I mean, he's been a really fun watch, um, just catching up games and highlights. And um, he's a really interesting case, too, just going back to, like, his draft stock. He was, you know, Santa Clara wasn't really hyped up and – um, almost like in the mainstream media wasn't a name going into the season and kind of blew up and and now he's really you know hooping on this big stage so it's really cool to see um and what you said uh sorry what were the two roles that uh you athletic know? finisher so off ball but <laughs> yeah. going to the basket a lot when he gets it and then it yeah. was a helper on defense yeah i mean that's kind of coincides with the film too and and just what he's really comfortable with um, that long wingspan and just that that feel for soft spot, soft spots kind of just jumps out immediately on the film. Um, whether it's I'm gonna see what his real quick, but you know he has that real knack for just finding soft spots. And when you have passers like Giddy, who's kind of just you know absurd with being able to find cutters, um, that really does you know open up a lot of offense for him that he doesn't have to create and you know relieves a lot of pressure on the offense as well so um you know i on i don't want to <laughs> say another data provider but you know i have this, <laughs> it's okay one it's all right says he's a you know 80th percentile scoring off cuts so um it does the data backs up what i kind of just said based on film and um i think that's also another really good play type for just a long-term indicator of just, you know, feel for the game, but also as a rookie to get easier buckets. Um, kind of opposite of what Paulo is, you know, relying on is um, assisted baskets, you know, whether that's Giddy passing into him, Jay Williams, um, former Arkansas Razorback, you know, hitting him out on the high post pass cuts. <laughs> so um, that's really cool to see. And then uh, on defense, like you kind of said, um, which is, you know, everyone pretty much knows it's a lot harder to quantify, but um, off ball helper makes sense with his wingspan. Um, I had to check up on it again earlier. I saw it was seven foot three at his height. So it's pretty absurd, um, which, you know, will always help, you know, playing in, playing in the, um, the gaps and kind of being an active defender. So um, that's really good. And yeah, I think it's, it's really intriguing to see the Thunder be so committed, rightly so to a guy that, you know, not falling in the mainstream, um, you know, draft type and and going for power five players. So um, kudos to them. And I mean, at the time of the draft, he was a pretty, pretty well-known name, but um, still takes some, some skill to, to, you know, commit to guys like that. So uh, just kind of looking at what I had him at on the roundup is the three point volume really hasn't changed much. He's at three a game, but his first three segments of 10 games, he was around 26%. And the last 20, 20 or so games, he's at around 40%. So mm. um, that's another super significant jump that, you know, obviously like you're not going to be able to say with, you know, 80 games that you're just going to have to look at small samples at some point. But, you know, if you kind of back that up with further data, like these are some pretty significant indicators of development. So 
um that's really cool to see free throw percentage has been pretty consistent at around 76 percent and i mean he's just finishing absurdly around the rim at 70 percent on already 224 shots so um that wingspan for sure is you know helping him there and just really good athlete jumping off one feet two feet which i think is another really underrated aspect of you know finishing at the at the nba level is you know if you can functionally jump and finish off one foot and also off two feet, you know, it opens up a lot of different finishing packages and just, you know, abilities to to craft around the rim. But, um, you know, maybe one thing that kind of sticks out is, so it breaks it down as we'll have shot types. So shots at the rim and then shots that are in the paint, but non-restricted areas. So kind of in between a short mid-range and in between the rim. So you'd probably say those are more like touch shots, floaters. Um, he's at 40%, which is below average. So... I don't know if that's another small sample thing, but he's 98 attempts. So I would say maybe he does have some, not concerns, but there's a clear difference when he's, you know, fully at the rim and then relying on those touch shots. So maybe he has some developing to do with his, uh, you know, craft there or whatnot. But yeah, really, really good stuff from him so far. Yeah, I'll just run through the data again, just comparing him to the the entire 10-year sample we have. A lot of it yeah. lines up with what you were saying. Uh, 93rd percentile in finishing, about average three-point shot. So it's probably merging that, you know, those early season struggles with the, the hot shooting yeah. as of late. Okay. Uh, 91st percentile in playmaking among rookies, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, pretty good one-on-one, -on -one, not really doing it a lot, pretty low in the isolation rate. Um, yeah. But then the big thing, the difference between, like we talked about Bancaro, who was 13% in shot quality, uh, Jalen Williams is 71st percentile in shot quality. So getting pretty good yeah. looks, that makes sense, playing with you know SGA and Giddy, playing off ball. But good efficiency, uh, you know, I, I like what I see out of him. The highlights are, are really nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, defensively, 77th percentile in our just overall D-LeBron uh, defensive impact. So okay. looks like he is destined to be probably maybe a two-way player which i mean those guys are valuable yeah i mean it's kind of i mean obviously the thunder i mean this year they're don't don't get me wrong they're definitely a, a team to beat not to beat but they're not a, a pushover like they might have been in the past but so he's contributing on a, a, on a team that's winning um so that's always good to see as a rookie and um like you said the defense is a really good piece and that's kind of a guy that the Thunder seem to be going towards, you know, long athletic can play both ends. So I think they're developing a clear um, identity there. And, you know, without Chet, even in the mix, it's, it's really, you know, uh, intriguing to see what they're building. So, so yeah. Yeah. He's exciting. Uh, let's move on to Benedict Matherin of the Pacers uh, for yep. offensive role. We got secondary ball handler. So, you know, we have like, Shot creators, like the superstar role, primary ball handlers, point guard that has the ball all the time. I would imagine Halliburton's in that role. And yeah. then secondary is, you know, you, you do have the ball. You do do some things. You might run some second units. Um, so secondary ball handler for the offensive role and then a chaser on defense, meaning he's the guy ping-ponging around, chasing guys yeah. around screens like Steph. So what have you seen out of Mathur? Yeah, I, he's been really uh, – I mean, he's just a fun watch um, ever since his college days at Arizona um, to, you know, the Pacers now. It's just <laughs> that athleticism is, you know, jaw-dropping, um, not just with dunks, but, you know, the way he moves around the court. So really cool to see him succeeding right away. 
Um, it's a, it's he's he's athletic, but he's also so aggressive. It's a yeah, it's I mean, a rare a blend to see like that type of aggression moving that quickly. Yeah, and he's not. It's not like he's a a big either. He's a true wing, and you know, built like a you know wider not wide receiver, but he moves like so well for for what his frame is. So um, you know, I, I'm you know fully aware of like I'm I was pretty blown away by how fast he started. Um, I, I faintly remembered I was, I was, I was prepping for this pod that I tweeted about him going into his second year of college, just about, I used to, you know, kind of showcase some guys I thought that were going to break out and he eventually did. So, um, I think that breakout was even less predictable than this one, which is just insane. Cause, um, just looking at this, the 10 game things he's averaging, these are six of Obviously, they haven't played the full season, so his six completed 10-game stretches, he's averaged 19, 18, 16, 16, 19, 15, which considering, you know, he was drafted really high, but um, that's insane value for – I forget what draft pick he was. I think he was six or seven. Yeah, that's a lot of points. He's uh, – while you type and find that, I'll cover. Six, yeah. He was uh, – where is he? He's 98th percentile in points per 75 possessions among the 10-year <laughs> database. So that's some just – that's some – it's actually higher than yeah. Bancaro, which is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's like an instant offense type of guy, like, you know, Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Poole, but, you know, even more of a vicious, uh, you know, athlete. So – um Really intriguing stuff out of him. Just kind of looking at the 10-game samples even further. Pretty interesting. It's actually an absurdly opposite trend of what Jalen Williams showcased. So his first 20 games, he was averaging about six threes a game on approximately 42%. So insanely high. And the next 40 games, all pretty much similar um across the board he immediately dropped off to about four threes a game at around 25 percent and is now sitting at 32 percent from three on the season so um i don't know how that aligns with your shot making and shot creation but you know just from his film you can get a sense that you know he's taking some pretty insane shots you know he's got a crazy shot diet um in terms of on ball creation i would guess so um 32 percent you know from a uh high view is it's pretty decent i would say considering what type of shooter he was in college maybe a little bit disappointing but when you break it down further into that that drastic drop off there's clearly something that clicked i don't know whether it was you know he's you know cut his volume in half and pretty much his efficiency almost too so like that just nothing is linear especially for rookies <laughs> yeah i feel like this is a great like one of the reasons i liked your your uh visualization was you really do see that it, it's messier because when we remember players and we remember yeah. someone improving it's always so clean but when you're actually in the day-to-day <laughs> like this is why evaluations are hard both at the college yeah. and pro level like you know there's there's a couple week stretch where someone's shooting 40 percent from three and you're like all right this guy's the next whatever and then all of a sudden he hits a rough patch and he's hitting 29 percent for a month and you're like yeah. well is this do like does he still have gravity out there and then it's it's tough to know he does do well in our our shooting talents because his shot quality has been so low so yeah. he's 20 <laughs> so 29th percentile over the 10-year thing so really really low on mm-hmm. extremely high volume 
Um, but yeah, above average on offense overall, 89th percentile in finishing, 80th percentile in three-point shooting. Playmaking is just average, uh, mm-hmm. but pretty good in one-on-one talent, pretty darn good in one-on-one talent on pretty good yeah. volume. So he's an exciting player. He, it's interesting. So I, you know, you got to have some hot takes every once in a while when you're doing a lot of media. <laughs> yeah. And I was trying to, I've been trying to start the hype train. I still do believe this, <clears> that Bones Highland. So you know how there's always that, you know, probably like under 6'5". It seems like under 200 pound guys like Jordan Clarkson, uh, Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, like those real like bucket getters. I'm like, I think Bones might be the next iteration of that, that instant offense. And now with Benedict Matherin, I'm like, I wonder if he's another candidate. I guess he's he's a little bigger, but his, yeah. just the 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 ferocity in which he scores and the volume he does that. I'm like, is he going to yeah. be that? That's you know prototypical six man. Maybe not a ton of playmaking, but like just a lot of scoring. Yeah, and I feel like it's a classic guy that you know, ten years down the line, he's still. You know, if you roll him out there and give him 30 minutes, he could get you 20. <laughs> and then he ends up on like a LeBron team. You know, LeBron, who knows? He probably <laughs> won't be around by then. I don't maybe. know. LeBron might still be there. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like just a classic guy that, you know, LeBron would trade for at the deadline and, you know, instant offense or even not a LeBron team would pick him up. And because um, at that point, like in, in the playoffs, I think it's pretty well known that, you know, ISO scoring is so much more valuable um i mean if you're playing a team seven game series you know at that point it's you're getting taken out of a lot of sets and um you know it's just emphasizes so much more if you can go and get your bucket at a semi-efficient rate and, and be a net positive on defense like you're probably you know going to be more valuable for a championship contending team so maybe down the line that's something that you know maybe if he's with the pacers or not he'll, he'll fit into but like you said it's just with Bones, I think maybe one of his biggest weaknesses is the rim pressure, um, whereas Matherin just completely exceeds it on the other end with, I think, look, he has 274 rim attempts already, which is a drastically high volume considering. <laughs> quite I a bit. It's, it's quite a bit. Over half of his, no, it's near half of his shot volume. So I think, like you said, he, he fits that mold pretty well with outlier athleticism as well. Yeah, and then one last thing. The the defense uh, hasn't been fantastic this year. So this is like one thing I always want to point out. Like most rookies are not very good at defense. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just the, uh, the you got to grow into your body. You got to get stronger. You got to learn the game. It's the same thing. Like the jump from high school to college is pretty difficult as well. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I, in case I didn't say it. So Bancaro, he was a little above average uh, compared to all the rookies the last 10 years. Jalen yeah. Williams, 77th percentile, very good. Matherin, not as good. Down at 14th percentile, pretty low. But again, it can drastically change from year one to year three. So uh, mm. a nugget to put in your head, but also know that that is not set in stone. Um, but let's move on. We got uh, We got two more players to get to. We're going to talk about Keegan Murray of the Kings. Uh, His offensive role this year has been athletic finisher. So he has shot the three very well, so that that role might surprise people. But both uh, Golden State and the Kings offense, they just have so much cutting 
there's so much movement in their <laughs> offense yeah. that uh, sometimes players get assigned the athletic finisher role because, again, they're just going to the basket so darn much. So uh, offensively for Keegan Murray, he's in the athletic finisher role. And then on defense, we have a lot of helpers on the show. Uh, he's also in the helper role. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what are you thinking about Keegan? Yeah, I really love the fit. Um, you know, he wasn't the most flashy pick, but considering where the Kings were at, the fact that they were contending or looking to contend with a top whatever, I think he was the seventh. I'm really bad at remembering draft picks, but I know he was in that <laughs> range. Um, so he's fit in really well. And I think one of the biggest improvements he had in college at Iowa was just being a shooter. Um, first year spot-up shooter, second year of college, he really transitioned into, you know, honing in a craft of, you know, potential off the dribble, not like anything crazy with, you know, ISO, you know, going back and forth, but he was, you know, coming off pin downs, off handoffs, dribbling one, two pull-ups and um, has excelled and even exceeded like anything I would imagine in his first year in the NBA. Um, I actually went to a Bucks game in December and they played the Kings and I got to see him live. So really cool to see him out there on the floor and kind of just how smooth of an operator he is and shot is so well um, built to be repeatable quickly. So um just looking at his numbers that i have i had him the first two 10 game stints at around 30 percent on five threes a game and then he jumped up to on six threes a game to 48 percent his next 20 games and then went back towards the middle the last 40 games 40 to 60 he's at about six threes a game on 43 percent which is still insane volume and efficiency for a rookie so he's a true sniper and he's shooting from all five zones on the court um so really really a versatile shooter which fits you know like you said really well with the the king's identity of cutting spacing relocation um they have him at 94th percentile and handoff usage and 84th percentile and scoring off handoffs so um that's kind of one thing that he showcased at Iowa his second year and is translated right away. So really cool piece um, of the Kings puzzle. And, um, you know, his value as a three-point shooter is massive. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I I mean, because obviously I don't follow the college game that he had a lot of dribble handoffs in college and then, you know, goes right to Sabonis. That really works out nicely. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, 98th percentile in our three-point shooting talent among 10-year rookies, <laughs> which is just insane. insane. Uh, the shot quality has been really good. It's about 80th percentile, and that would make sense on a good team. It's really nice when you're a rookie to get plugged in on a good team. It, it just it helps so much. And yeah. then 90th percentile in true shooting percentage. So just hyper-efficient, coming yeah. in, bringing offense, and that's that's just really important to be able to impact the game as a rookie and then on defense he's above average just a little bit so i mean not not really killing you there that's something that i mean 98th percentile shooter uh, for a rookie that's something to just get really excited about because you just never have enough three-point shooting yeah i mean with how today's game is if you can shoot and stay on the floor on defense not just as a rookie but as a player like <laughs> that's significant value so um and he he's low usage like one point one assist point nine turnovers a game which you know anything isn't anything crazy but at the same time like that's you know really valuable for his role because he knows that he's not gonna have to create and also takes care of the ball so 
Um, you know, he's hitting all the check marks for his archetype as a rookie. You know, he's shooting that <laughs> really well, like absurdly well for a rookie and, and not turning it over. So um, definitely a reason why the Kings have been such a revelation this year. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, I think next year we might see him move out of that athletic finisher role, maybe move into a movement shooter because it's that that's something that I'd really like to see them continue to push as a team and really see him capitalize there. One last guy I want to talk about. There's not a ton to talk about offensively, but Walker Kessler in Utah has been devastating as a defender, just huge, like 7'1", 250, moves pretty well. I was, yeah. uh, I was doing some notes for this, and it was – I think it was the the last 20 games he has I think it's 6 games so 6 of the last 20 games he has 5 blocks or more he has a couple 7 block games uh he has the highest deal lebron ever as a rookie in our 10 year database right. he has just been a monster and has really popped when I've watched the Utah Jazz yeah i mean he was just um just one of those guys that like when he got picked, everybody was like, okay, like, <laughs> no one really, like, loved the pick, and I guess, you know, they clearly saw something in him, um, and it's really worked out. Uh, we actually, another piece of <laughs> quick info, we played at Syracuse, we played Auburn, um, where he was in college last year, in the Bahamas, um, so. Oh, I you got to go to the Bahamas? Yeah, it was, it was a nice little trip, so. Uh, I got to see Walker Kessler play and enjoy some sun, so it was cool. But um, they unfortunately beat us at the time. But I think one thing I, I remember distinctly from our scouting report was we were going to look to drive him when we got him and either switched out of a pick and roll or ISOed, whatever way we could get it done. And like we knew he was a good shot blocker, had a really you know large shot rate or shot blocking rate. Um, but we weren't <laughs> ready for what he showcased. I remember, <laughs> I can't remember who drove it and probably don't want to name it, but we drove him from the top of the key. And he like, I think he's really good at tracking the ball, even when he's behind the ball. Um, it showcased on film too. I was catching up on this morning. Like he might look like he's out of the play, but with his seven, four wingspan and, and really good foot speed for how tall he is, um, and, and even that timing aspect of it, you know, he can get back up to that apex level, um, if that's the right term, <laughs> really quickly, um, which, you know, you can't probably, you know, have a feel for as an attacker because you're probably in front of him at some point. So I do remember him just chase down block from an ISO at the top of the key, um, just absolutely just pinned it off the backboard and was like okay maybe he does have some some value there and i mean he was a really high recruit so like i I knew of him going through high school but um that second year at auburn he really excelled so really cool to see him and marketing kind of play off each other this year and um when he's in the game so uh i think offensively he has you know some pretty good value as a transition guy rim, rim runner so obviously long term it doesn't seem like he's ever going to really be a high usage guy but if you're blocking shots like that, there's always going to be a spot for you. So really cool to see him excelling this year. Yeah, he's been a defensive monster. And then on offense, like you said, low volume, you know, not getting a lot of touches or anything like that. Uh, second yeah. percentile in ISO, so not doing that. But <laughs> uh, but he's finishing well. He's uh, 87th percentile in our finishing talent. 
Uh, you know, I, it's hard to not finish well when you're that big. He is a, I really can't overstate how large he feels on the court. Uh, he is. Huge. That's interesting. You brought that up about him being able to be behind players because I've seen him do that and defend. Cause a lot of the times, you know, people will use the rim to stop the shot blocker and go to the opposite side. Yep. And I've, I didn't realize that he was good at that until you pointed it out. Cause I've seen him on multiple occasions be behind a player and then recover to the far side of the rim for really impressive blocks. And some of that is obviously being as long as he is, is, is makes that mm-hmm. possible, but that that's a really good call out because uh, that, that is definitely something he, he does excel at. And I think can probably help mitigate because anytime you're seven one, like it, you, 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 there's just limitations on how how quick you can be, yeah, uh, and things like that can really help. So, all right, mm-hmm. we made it through our rookie roundup. We talked about all the guys I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, Dom, I thanks for coming on. I really had a, a fun time talking to you. Uh, one more time, give out your Twitter handle because you're a really great follow. Yeah, you can find me at uh, D Samangi D S A M A N G Y. All right. <laughs> All right, Dom Samanji, we're going to have to have you back on. I like you a lot. I really like your insights. I really love your follow. So we'll we'll definitely be talking again soon. And uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. My name's Taylor, and we'll see you on the next episode of Basketball Index Podcast.